everybody. Welcome into another edition of Head Coach U. I'm Brian Fisher, joined as always by former BYU and Virginia head coach Bronco Mendenhall. And we got another special guest on this week, uh, Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer. Kalen, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, it's great to be on here with you guys. Thanks for the thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into a lot of the details with with, with the program and, and you guys taking over there on Mont Lake. But but I got to ask, uh, a number of your predecessors have been able to boat to work. You, you guys have one of the great great uh, perks of the, of the job in terms of being able to kind of boat in right into the stadium and into your football facility. Are, are you a boater? I know you're a South Dakota guy, and then so you're yeah. a bit landlocked. Are, are you one of those guys as well? You know, I'm not there yet. Uh, where I'm looking at it across. Uh, across the the stadium here and uh it's it's a it's a greatest setting that, that as we say but uh haven't got to that point yet but uh, it's certainly something that's a pretty cool feature to have here Kaylin, one of the things that uh i think is so unique about college athletics and, and it's not quite as prevalent now there used to be an age where uh, a school or even an nfl team was kind of defined by their head coach and I, I think back to when i was growing up and don shula and chuck knoll and bud grant and there was just there were institutions and at washington as i was growing up don james now uh the sport is a little bit more transitory and coaches are don't stay quite as long um however as as i was thinking about your transition to washington and and wow, what um, it's always fun to have immediate success. So when when you went to the University of Washington, did you anticipate or did you know what you were going into? Number one, did you anticipate the success that early? And maybe what were the draws just as you were had, had a, a successful stint at Fresno and kind of what what moved you there? Yeah, for, I mean, first of all, there's been a lot of great coaches uh, that have come through this program and. Um, Fortunate to, to add to the list, you know, got a, got a lot of big shoes to fill, but Don James certainly is the one that uh, this program kind of, um, you know, is connected to, you know, and uh, um, and it, it's, it's a special thing that he built over many years and, um, you know, laid the groundwork along with all the great alumni. But, uh, you know, because of that and the tradition that exists here and, and there's a piece to it where I just feel like there's this, this, this uh, blue collar kind of type of thing that I connect to kind of being from the Midwest and South Dakota. Um, it just knowing it from afar and kind of seeing what the success was. And as I got to know it, uh, the program better uh, throughout, you know, really the, you know, the, the kind of, uh, it, you know, uh, interviewing process, um, you know, I just, just really saw it as a great fit and uh, I'm so lucky and fortunate to be here. Um, you know, around, surrounded by great people, community that, um, you know, each and every week, just as the, as the week grows on, you know, ramps up towards Saturdays. And, uh, you know, there, there's other great things to do in a, in a metro area like Seattle when it comes to the NBA, uh, the, the NFL and, and NHL and Major League Baseball. But, you know, there's one major program here. And on Saturdays, you know, um, Saturdays are for the dogs. And that's uh, that's certainly evident by what, uh, you know, fans do as far as packing Husky Stadium and uh, the energy they bring to our program. You know, and it's it's when you go 11 and 2 and, uh, you know, you asked, did I foresee it? Um, I think that, you know, when you have programs like this that have that foundation, I think it's it's easier to revive it. Um, you know, and uh, just having met the players in December when I first got hired, uh, you know, it just came across as like, my, you know, these guys are here not only just because they believe in the program and know they're going to be developed uh, because of the resources we have. And it's going to be fun while they do it. But they also, you know, are here for a great education. And, and there's some other pieces that they were recruited to in this program that mattered. And uh, guys got great head on, heads on their shoulders. And so. Um, from that end and knowing that players are the ones that really end up making the plays, um, you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me that we got to that point, um, you know, and that they've put the work in to, to have the success we had. You know, a couple of things that you mentioned that, that resonate with me um, at some point, and, and some folks say it and some mean it, but uh, you mentioned being grateful to be in the position you have. And and wow, there's lots of pressures and there's lots of visibility. And, and that can be really viewed in a couple of ways. It can be viewed as a challenge or an opportunity. And, and I think the head coaches that, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective, that really last the longest and are the best for the players are the ones that feel grateful for the yeah. position that they have. And I think that resonates to to everyone around you. And, and gratitude goes a long ways, especially when it's shown from the leader. Um, and 
and so I, uh, as as we were talking before, the the chance to be a head coach is just it's a magical opportunity. It comes with a lot of responsibilities, but the, um, how do you remain grateful just for the position you have, and what's that like for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, having an attitude of gratitude is going to be a a core value of just a piece of our program um, that coaches, players, staff are all going to have. I and mean, we're just never going to lose sight of that. And how many people would love to be in our shoes? And I, I go back to being just a, a small college coach that, you know, and thinking about where I started and never imagining that something as far as being at Washington and being the head coach of all that, um, you know, that that would be where I'm at. And that was never even really the, the aspiration, the goals. It was just, loving coaching football and loving having an impact on, on, you know, student athletes in their lives and um, enjoying being around great people that shared the competitiveness and, and, and that I did. Um, and, you know, the strategy is a lot of fun, right? The game of football uh, has just so many things that you can kind of control, but, um, you know, just never forgetting the journey and how great it is. I went trade it for the world. Um, you know, my, my college days when I was playing in, front of a crowd that probably would be equivalent to our band section, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, so, uh, that's, that's something that just, uh, I won't forget. I loved it. And, uh, you know, that shaped who I am today because I had a mentor in my head coach that, um, you know, we made the big time where we're at as uh, frosty Western would say from Pacific oh, yeah. Lutheran, you know, and, uh, coach young was my mentor and he had me read that book, uh, in 2000, when I first started as a, as a offensive coordinator for him at the university of Sioux Falls and that attitude of gratitude and just putting one foot in front of the other and working where your feet are at and giving everything you got is all I know. Mm. Do, do, uh, do your players know uh, about your, your start or your playing career, right. in in uh, uh, Sioux Falls and do they know about you starting as a high school coach and do they know about right Southern Illinois or um, Eastern Michigan right do they do they know your journey do you talk do you leverage that um, I, I don't know if they know much about the playing piece uh, <laughs> I don't know if all that stuff really matters uh, there might be a couple that have done a little more and are intrigued by those type of things but uh, uh, I think I think what they do know is here the you know the last few years and coming from Fresno State and mm. and um, you know the staff we got a lot of staff that came with me as well so um, they've seen uh, you know in the early cut-ups uh, as a first year uh, staff you know there's a lot of a uh, lot of cut-ups that come from that program and so right. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of know that more, the more recent stuff, but, um, I, th I think they do know that I came from more of a small college, um, and kind of have that journey. Uh, they may not know exactly all the stops along the way. Have, have you found kind of as I'd love, I'd love to hear about maybe if there are right, if there were differences, maybe in the mindset or what the players were like, maybe at each of the levels or stops that you've been. And, and also maybe leadership principles. Have you found those to be consistent regardless of state or level? Or have you found maybe subtle or specific differences? Just as you kind of moved, right, as, as the consistency of the players just kind of struck you and the leadership style and, and who you are? Or have you found differences maybe that are, are larger than that? I, I think the I, I still hold true that I think the players I have here and that are 20 years down the road and 20 years down the road of coaching or 20 plus years, um, I still feel that they want the same thing. I feel like they want to be pushed to be their best. Um, they, you know, they want to be loved. Um, they want to, you know, um, you know, but, but they have a, a competitiveness that uh, I don't think changed. I think what's changed is the environment around them, you know, yeah. uh, from the social media standpoint and, and just all of that and instant gratification that, uh, you know, they that not they necessarily feel should come their way, but the what is being told to them and how, you know, it happened to these people. So it should happen to you. And, you know, um, it, it's it's changed around them. You know, yeah. I don't know what I would be if I was in their shoes because it's yeah. just so much different. So um, I, I feel like in all the stops, I think what's changed is just time yeah. and not necessarily, you know, because of the levels or. Um, all that, uh, you, you know, you, you, you surround yourself with great people and they're highly competitive. Um, there's just a lot of similarities when it comes to the, the values and uh, the, we call them non-negotiables that we have in our program. They're really, it's the same pyramid I used, you know, 20 years ago, you know, yeah. and at different stops, it's been as an offensive coordinator. 
Um, so maybe it's changed a little bit as far as like more offensive related, but the core values and the character traits that I feel are important um, are exactly the same. And so uh, we, we teach and, and really hammer on those uh, each and every day in our program like we did back then. A couple of things you mentioned that, man, resonated right. And the combination of, you said, pushed and loved. I, I just read a great study uh, regarding leadership and it talked about each one of those independently does not produce um, exceptional results, right about the 60%. So if all you do is push, there's about a 60-ish, 67% yield. If all you do is love, it's slightly, it's almost identical, but when they're combined, it becomes uh, this magical formula for success. And so the, the terms in the study uh, were different, but pushed and loved is the essence of what it is. And and so I think one of the keys, and it sounds like that's what you do and how your program is run, is you can push and love at the same time. And sometimes the pushing is defining your care for a person, your, your love of them. And I think some people think just because you're pushing or demanding, that means you don't care. I think the masterful coaches are the ones that when they push, the players actually know it's for uh, it's a demonstration of their care. Yeah, and it all starts with the relationships, right? Because there has to be a trust that's yes. built that's okay. You know, um, you know, that when I, when I say something, it's not personal. Um, you know, it's all about, this is what I see. And this is what I see that you, you need to, you know, to, to add to, to, to help be your best. And, um, you know, I want the same thing for you that you want. Uh, you know, I think that message only comes through when you have strong relationships and, um, you know, that, that vision that you have for them, um, you know, really doesn't matter until they have that trust. And yeah. so we really, you know, when we first got even here to Washington, it was just the whole coaching staff and building the trust. And it was, you know, the, the guys are interested, like what offense we run, what defense we're running, you know, where, you know, where might I line up? How are we calling this? And how, they, they want that right now. And it's really fun. It's cool. It's exciting. But, you know, in the end, it's, it's a lot of it was just sitting around a table at uh, at lunch, you know, and just uh, asking them where they're from and just hearing their, their stories. And so you connect and understand what they've gone through. And, you know, at some point, all those things uh, matter, you know, when when it gets to a tense situation and you can draw on like, OK, you know, this is why he responds the way he does or this is, you know, how I can connect with him. Um, and, and him better feel good about how I understand what they're going through. And so everyone's got their own story. And I think it's important to understand, you know, those stories as best as you can as you're uh, growing that relationship. Yeah, th there's it's fun because the players, right, most everywhere, even if the team hasn't had success when you inherit a program, it's not that they don't want to win. And it's not, mm -hmm. not, it's not that they don't want to work hard. And it's not that they don't want to. Sometimes there's just things that have gone on and. When you're taking over a program, I, um, I've had those questions. What scheme? What's my role? What's our style? What's the identity? And that's a great sign because they're eager and interested. Um, one of the things, though, that you mentioned is there's almost a sequence uh, that really none of that can really come to fruition without the trust that you're saying. And there's a cool book. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote it called The Speed of Trust. And and the, the results that you had in the time frame that you were under right and the head coaches there's not much time now right <laughs> because of the 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 yield that's expected and with the the ability for players to change and transfer and etc um it, it's probably two and a half years unless you show significant results and if you don't that's probably the window and so um the the gratification that comes from building relationships is awesome but also man the faster the trust is established the more likely you are going to have the results um that you need. And so I, I, I always have loved the term of the book, speed of trust, because here's trust, which is usually built slowly and over time. But here's the speed part where you don't have much time. But once you get trust, everything just starts going so much faster and better. And so it sounds like that's that's kind of what what's happened there. I agree. I, I stole that from you here. So I'm right now, right then I'm going to find right. that book. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and then it got to the point where, you know, this off season, I really felt like it mattered uh, mm. because that trust, because our guys never flinched. Um, when we asked them to do something, um, they got to the point where they just believed and trusted us and, and the process that we had for them and, and how we do it and how, what it's supposed to look like. And, and, you know, they just never flinched. Uh, we, 
you know, doesn't mean that uh, we were perfect by any means, but uh, I just really, um, I just really loved the way. And I think it, the guys saw the the process lead to results and yeah. that helps us now in year two, as we're going through it, um, you know, this January looked, uh, I mean, completely different than last January and, you know, they're in better shape, of course, their season went longer and things like that, but just, uh, the ener energy that they're bringing and uh, the belief, you know, um, and it's just helping our new guys that come into the program just buy into the culture even more and those little details. And, um, man, I, I use all the cl cliches and all the, the same things every coach does. But I think when you really make it who we are and it's who, who I am as a coach and it comes out every single day through our coaching staff, it might be a little different angle all the time but i think uh, when that happens that's when they really believe like okay this this is important to our success this is how we do it and um you know we're getting to that point and, um you know never gonna take it for granted you know because everything every year the dynamics change on who the leaders are and who really believed in it that might have left your program now as a player as a senior leader that you know, um, is doing things behind the scenes that, you know, back in the apartment complex or down in the locker room. But uh, we're, we're well on our way. And uh, I appreciate our guys for their trust in us. You know, one of the things that, that you mentioned, too, that I uh, I think resonates in, and wow, do results matter in terms of the credibility and, and the processes lead yeah. to the results. And so, yeah. man, when you have year two after a successful year one, the credibility um, and the trust and you can lose trust quickly as a leader uh, based on um, things that you say or actions. But wow, when you have the foundation already established and then new players arrive, uh, the influence of your existing team that's experienced the process and the results, uh, wow, does that have a magnifying effect on those coming in? And it doesn't mean the coach's role necessarily diminishes, but wow, are you supported usually more by players on your team sending the message, hey, this is the way we do it and this will work. We've just experienced it. And so you get that extra help from members of your team, it seems like. Yeah, we have so much care. We call it care for our culture. You know, just, I mean, every single day matters. And like you said, you can build trust, build trust. And then all of a sudden, you know, all it takes is one thing. It might take, it might be me overreacting to something that in the past has never, you know, been that big of a deal or um, just, you know, that trust factor can just drop off just like that. It doesn't, not just in football, but any, any organization, any relationship. And so, um, you know, we with every single day, you know, uh, it, we, we have that care for our culture and, and uh, building that trust and um, not taking it for granted. One of the things that we were talking about before the show, and, and it ties, I think, into this line of, of conversation we're having, the impact of a single player that can have on your team, maybe at a position by his ability, but also just maybe by his presence or leadership or personality and his ability. And so I had a player at the University of Virginia named Wayne Talapapa, uh, and he was a captain for us at the University of Virginia. Um, this is for our listeners. And I, when I step down, Wayne Talapapa ends up uh, going to the University of Washington and playing for Coach DeBoer and becomes a captain as well. And it, to me, it, it's magical. There's almost a tipping point sometimes where a program is almost ready to break through. And I'm not saying this was the case with Wayne, but you add the right player and the right leadership and it just, wow, there's just almost like rocket fuel that was just added yeah. to your program. And so the, the power of a single player. And so I'd love for you just to maybe to share Wayne's story. But then also you also mentioned the environment of college football now. And we know players leave and players come. And I'd love just maybe after that to hear about what you see within the portal world and college football, what you see with NIL, how that's affecting you or if it's affecting you. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit after uh, you just kind of give the leadership yeah. from Wayne. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to talk about Wayne. I can, we can talk all day and make the pod, make, make the talk all about him. Uh, what a special, what a special man. Um, and, you know, just going back, I mean, he was a running back and we, we had a lot of injuries that were carried over from the year before a lot of kind of uncertainty, and so we were trying to build up that that position. And, you know, Wayne was a guy that had uh, production, right? He had a lot of production for you and, um, you know, uh, just consistency over the years, it seemed. And so he's that type of guy. And then, um, you know, he comes to campus for his visit and it's like, whoa, this guy's like mature. He knows what he wants, but he's not like this air. He's a super humble and wants to fit in. It's about him fitting in more to us than it is about us just like, you know, really 
love, you know, the, the love that we were showing him, I think it was appreciated, but it wasn't about, you know, just like us, you know, on our knees, you know, begging him, you know, and it was just like, Hey, is this the right fit? And when he got here, um, just, there was a seriousness about him, but just this, this personal side where you could just tell he cared about people. Um, he didn't want to step on people's toes. You know, there were guys that put a lot in this program. He was really careful to just handle it the right way and not put himself out in front and center. Um, but also, you know, be an example of, you know, what the, what the, what work ethic looked like and, you know, a great work ethic looked like and what, um, just the ways that you can just make yourself better without, you know, it being, look at me, you know, and, um, and then obviously because of the process he has and the hard work he's put in, um, you know, he just, you know, it showed on the football field too, you know, he's a physical football player and did some things and he got better the entire season, but it was, he, he got here in the end of the end of June, the end of June, beginning of July. And by the middle of August, he was voted a team captain for us, just like he was uh, for you. And um, it, 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 there wasn't, uh, I was appreciative of the team that they took. And I thought, thought it said a lot about our team that they looked at a transfer coming in and it wasn't about a popularity contest or anything like that. They saw those leadership qualities in Wayne and uh, were like, man, if we want to be good, we need guys like him leading our program. And uh, they voted him and he was just so, I think he was in tears because he never saw that coming. He never felt like, Oh, you know, that's the aspiration. I'm going to be a captain. I've been a captain before in my previous, you know, program at, at Virginia. And so, um, that wasn't the expectation. The expectation was, man, this is a, you know, my last year and I'm going to make the most of it. And, um, he, he certainly did that in, in the bowl game. He rattled off a big run and, um, he looked better than ever, you know, and I'm hearing great things about how his training's going. And I know he's going to do special things, you know, in the game with the game of football, but he's going to do even greater things beyond football. Um, just the way he lives his life and, and how he's going to lead, you know, on down the road, no matter what he does. If I could add to that for our listeners, uh, I was coaching at BYU and we recruited Wayne. He's serving a mission for our faith in Nicaragua, civil unrest there. And there's there's all kinds of stuff happening. And he's right in the middle of that, trying to share a message uh, uh, about the gospel. And so the maturity and the life experiences that he had, I think, certainly put him well on his way. And and I saw the same thing at, at Virginia. And so as, as we kind of take the story about Wayne, in, in my personal opinion, the transfer portal isn't all bad. And quite frankly, coaches have done it forever. They leave one right. place for another for a better opportunity or a better fit or or to add more value. Um, but it's a unique and challenging landscape now that uh, you as a head coach are navigating. And that, in that one case, wow, did that work not only great for program, but for the player, right? And when, when that happens, it's hard to say that um, the transfer – process is a negative there's certainly other sides to it um but uh, i'd love just to hear your kind of thoughts on on uh, the portals effect as we talked about a changing environment and and then maybe we'll lead into you know now maybe the inducements that come to get players to transfer either legally or illegally and both are right. going on no no you're exactly right and when i when i get go to speaking events and and people ask about the portal and you know, just kind of they, they always afford, they always make it sound like it's craziness. And it, it's, it is hard. It's really hard because you you realize, I mean, any day you can wake up and, and there might be someone that's uh, in your program or, or you know, uh, looking to just, you know, the right opportunity. And and I think there are times and places when even you want if, if we're doing what at least with my coaching philosophy, what we want. And I want to make this one of the greatest experiences of our players lives. Um, I know that's what it was for me as a college football player and helped me grow um, to be, you know, who I am today. Um, I hope that happens in our program. I hope that happens here at UW. But, you know, playing and playing, you know, playing is one of the and, and enjoying that part of football is part of the fun, too. And there's just sometimes is, is our changes. Right. I came to this program. And that change, there might be another player that comes into our program and that changes the dynamic of what the depth chart might be or or things like that. And so I get even the other end of, you know, once in a while there is a time and place for someone to go find an opportunity. And, you know, um, you know, I'll hopefully have that relationship where we can give them a big hug and know that 20 years down the road, uh, we're both going to be able to cross paths and, and look at each other and, you know, be really appreciative of that time we had together and what's happened since. But 
Um, you know, I think from a, from our philosophy, uh, you know, we we right now have eight guys uh, here that uh, we recruited uh, from the portal uh, to come. And really what they are, they're guys that we've identified to fill help fill spots, right. maybe where we got some young up and comers or recruited some you know, guys from our from our high school class that we know are going to be really good, but we just need to bridge that gap just a little yeah. bit, you know. And, and a guy like Wayne, um, you know, is perfect because um, he was a one year guy. We knew we had some guys that were in our program, running backs that were going to flourish and, and and rise up. But Wayne brought in just some some veteran uh, a veteran feel to us, um, a lot of snaps, um, and so you know he just provides some stability in that in that room and that's what we're looking to do and um you know just not not wholesale and and uh and you know because i think that that can lead to success for a year or so but i think if you just are really all about that and building your team that way it's hard to sustain it over the long run and really grow that uh that tight-knit feel that we want um because there's going to be close games. I don't care how good your football team is. There's going to be times and moments where adversity hits you and you need those guys that have been around and they're the right people. Um, and they've been through it together to where when those moments come, there's that trust we're talking about. There's that, there's that extra, that, that depth of just fight that they're going to have because this place is really important to them and they've been through so much together and uh, when it comes to that close, that close game and that finish, um, you know, we're going to fight because it means that much more. And it's not about me. It's about about everyone else around. me. I don't want to let them down. And so I feel that happens just, you know, because of continuity, whether it's coaches. But obviously right now we're talking about players. And so, you know, the other part of the portal is what you alluded to. I always tell uh, those that I'm that I'm speaking to, you know, I enter the transfer portal. I hate to say it. Right. That, but there was an opportunity for me and I felt like UW was a, a great opportunity for me and my family. Um, and it has been, but, uh, you know, I moved too. And yeah. so, um, it'd be really kind of hypocritical for me to sit there and say that, you know, the portal is not a great thing when, you know, that's something that I did and have done a couple of times, you know, throughout the years, uh, with moves to different programs. I, I think really the, uh, players recognize honesty and, and when a coach and a leader, cause I've done the same. And, and quite frankly, my motives were similar, right? It was for growth advancement and development. And I think for the most part, when young people do it, it's for the same reason, right? For yep. more growth development advancement. And a lot of it's about their role. Uh, but I think when a leader shares that just openly and authentically there, there's more credibility gained rather than judgment passed and a barrier. And, and yep. so, I think, as you mentioned, you just hope, right, that it's for reasons that are are sincere and will be lasting and will be helpful. And and you hope the fit is great for everybody if that happens. And the legislation around it, right, um, I, I know there's lots of that as, as you consider the recruiting process. And there are programs and there are people, right, in any industry uh, that will do things um, within the, the existing rules. And there are those that are outside of that. Um, and at least uh, on the uh, in the Mid-Atlantic area, right, there's uh, the population was different. I'm wondering in the Pac-12, uh, have you seen much of the the tampering components? And, and it doesn't need to be specific stories, but have you felt that culture at all uh, increase? Maybe as the as the portal is going uh, a little bit longer now in terms of number of years it's been, or have, has that really not been a factor for you in terms of just ethical? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it, I, I mean, I think we're all aware that it happens. Um, I feel like first and foremost, I always look at myself and like, what can I do to just try to lower the percentages of something happening to where someone's being pulled from my program. And, yeah. and I think it, there's, it's never foolproof because I think with NIL and all that kind of stuff too, that adds another layer to it. Um, but as, as the head coach, and I just feel like my job is to facilitate this atmosphere um, this environment for both coaches and players that is just special to be a part of. And in the end, um, you know, uh, you know, they, they see that there's a plan for each and every each and every one of them to get on the football field. There might be a plan for, you know, uh, their development and growth. And uh, they just, again, goes back to that investment that you, they feel you're making. So I always kind of in everything and this isn't just uh, with with the portal or 
or transfers, but I just, I always point the fingers back at myself and just like, how can I just do everything I can do to control, worry about what I can control and, um, you know, make it to where, you know, there's an emotional piece to this too, right? Where it's like, man, I just do not want to leave this. I love being here. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what can happen when uh, you make it so strong, you know, and, and, and they love coming, walking into the facility and they know they're going to work probably harder here than they were somewhere else, but they respect that. And they know that that again is going to make them the best they can be, which is going to lead to growth that, that they wouldn't have at some other place. And most importantly, experiences and moments in their journey that they just, you know, are not replaceable somewhere else. And, um, you know, that, that again, trying to make that atmosphere, the coaches are part of that atmosphere and that environment. And, um, you know, that's the way I kind of always look at it. We've been really fortunate here this year. Um, a couple different things, just guys deciding to come back for another year and not going to the NFL mm-hmm. um, and uh, the excitement they have about the next season, but also them knowing they're going to be better and their growth is going to continue to happen because of great coaches I have here on the staff. And then, you know, just entering the portal. We've had very few that have left. And so, you know, I don't feel that impact, even though I know the tampering piece is happening out there. I don't feel that impact as much on my program. Um, I think when you're, when I did feel it probably with most is when I was first taking the job here, you know, and that's when your program is vulnerable and there's change and turnover and things are happening and you don't quite have all those relationships in place. That's when I probably felt it the most as far as what was happening and people reaching out to probably our guys through, through back routes. Understand that there's so much within what you just said. And I, and I love the idea of, of doing what you can do and control what you can control and be accountable for the things that will make a difference. And the relational part of that and the trust was right at the core of what I was hearing from you. Mm-hmm. And the other part is everybody wants to know uh, uh, the plan for them. And so in, in the world of academics, uh, individualized learning plans are, have proven to be so successful. And there were the days of group study hall where there might be 20 players sitting around a table and they're just putting in time. And that compared to specific tasks for specific classes with specific criteria and and maybe a personal mentor that's knowledgeable in that area to help them on their specific journey within academics is empowering. And people don't want to leave places where they're cared for really well but also they know the plan and the growth pattern that they can follow. And that cements this idea of, wait, why would I leave if I have that here? And so there's an accountability piece, which I heard you say for each program and coach to actually keep their players. And man, when they're cared for well and they have a role or they know what their role could be, there's it's um, yeah, it's stickier. Right. And it's more lasting and it's more fun to be part of an organization like that. Yeah. And, and just in regards, you brought up academics, too. I mean, just I think there's some things that we do with our staff. Uh, I'm not saying we're the only ones that have ever done this or do this because uh, I've been a part of programs and obviously brought that with me. Um, but um, there's this investment that we have, I think, that many coaches don't have with their with their players individually and, and the details that go into. I mean, there's really no surprises that we have when it comes to the academics because we're so in it and the way we coordinate meetings with our with all of our academic advisors um, weekly, literally weekly, um, you know, our, our guys know that, man, they, you know, these, this coaching staff, they do care about us, you know, truly more than just football players or, you know, guys that are, you know, being moved around on a football field to help us, you know, score touchdowns and get stops. Yeah. So the number of times I've heard you talk about your staff, and wow, from the position of a head coach, does that ever change your day when you're by who you're surrounded by? And I, I would love just a, maybe a, a summary of yeah. the, the kind of staff that you've put together and, and where they came from and what you're looking for. And I ask this to almost every head coach because I'm so aware of the people around you and how much influence that has, not only on you, but everyone uh, in, in the organization. And, and so what was your approach when you put together your staff and then who you brought to, you, uh, to the University of Washington? Yeah, I I think, you know, having done it, and again, this is where my journey, I think, is different. Um, And I just appreciate it so much. And I think it's helped us um, have a staff right now. Um, 
you know, that believes in my philosophy because going back uh, 20 years ago, you know, when I started coaching at Sioux Falls, Chuck Morell, our co-D coordinator, you know, we were in it together for 10 years. We picked up Ryan Grubb, who's my offensive coordinator in 2007. And, you know, and, and uh, um, just those two guys right there, you know, just the loyalty that they had back then when we were, you know, ground level uh, NAI program, you know, and, and doing some amazing things. And, and those are still some of the most enjoyable days of our lives coaching football, you know, just because we were still young and just kind of figuring things out and doing it together. But, um, you know, as I've gone through the years of different places, uh, I went from being a head coach in 2005 to 2009, back to being a coordinator at Southern Illinois University, Eastern Michigan, um, Fresno State, Indiana, you know, and that was my path before coming back and 10 years later being a head coach again. And the staff just generally um, is made up for the most part, except for one or two coaches of one guy here and one guy there might be strength staff, you know, the, the coordinators, obviously, but it's the guys that I worked with that I looked at and knew that, you know, when you're spring recruiting and it's, you know, six o'clock and and they're not done yet. You know, they're going to another spring ball practice and then going to drive that night until midnight. You know, they're the ones that were the hardest workers. They're the ones that truly and genuinely, when you sit around a staff room and you're working with them, having these one on one conversations, even you know that they genuinely, genuinely care about the wellness and, and the, of, of the players. It isn't just something that they're saying and then they're doing something different. Um, they're the ones that I knew were the experts, you know, when it comes to X's and O's. And I was always impressed by, you know, their growth mindset and wanting to always get better and, and evolve and change with the times of, of football, of the game, you know. And so these were guys, and you know, take a Eric Schmidt, who was at Southern Illinois and a Ron McKeefrey. And of course, Ryan Grubb came to me at Eastern Michigan and, you know, go to go to Fresno and meet some more more coaches in Indiana. I met William Inge and Nick Sheridan. I mean, you know, these guys are all just some of the guys that I just really connected with. And, you know, the, everyone's got different personalities. Everyone's got different personalities. And that's what makes it great. You know, I don't want a bunch of coaches like me. <laughs> I want people that compliment me that have other strengths and I can draw off those strengths and they can fill the gaps, you know, when it comes to those things, but we all have a very similar philosophy and that's to impact the men that we're with um, and to enjoy, you know, enjoy the moments that we have and, and to realize that again, the journey that we're all on. Yeah. That there's uh, again, uh, one of the, the, the articles I got my hands on relatively early and I learned from a, an organizational design specialist that helped me so much named Paul Gustafson. And he talked about organizations and about the people you surround yourself with. And it's really cool. What they found was the more homogeneous, that means the more the same people were actually the more averagely they performed. Yeah. But if they're aligned, the more differences there are on a staff, as long as they're aligned and then trust and respect one another, they succeed either wildly if they're different. If they fail miserably, it's because of lack of communication or respect or trust. So um, people can be comfortable together and like minded and like personality. But that usually leads to good but not great results. As you talked about different personalities, but they're hard workers and they're experts, but they bring different things when those different things are valued you have a more comprehensive leadership team and those are usually the ones that have the greatest chance to succeed. And, and, and right when they recognize and respect one another for the differences and don't make the differences reasons to, to be different. Right. Um, uh, it really is more fun as well because the diversity, there's always, you know, a different approach. Yeah. I mean, cause you know that within the team, we have all those different types of, Mm -hmm. you know, diverse personalities and, and upbringings and even geographical areas where people are from. And so having uh, all these varieties of, of different coaches and, and personalities is important because they all can connect. I mean, you know, I'd use Jamarcus Shepard because he's the very opposite end, you know, and I, I was part of trying to hire Jamarcus back in 2014 when I was a coordinator, give me the coordinator in Eastern Michigan. And, and we just stayed in touch ever since then. And I've uh, watched from afar had a lot of appreciation for what he did and, and uh, being a receivers coach and a co-coordinator and, um, you know, got a chance a, a year ago to, to hire him and 
Um, you know, what he brings is something completely different than what I, what I bring, you know, to the program. Part of that too, is the self-assessment that each of us do on ourselves, realizing this is who I am. This is my strength, but that also means these are the weaknesses and then, and then working hard to find someone to compliment and fill that right there. There's some self-assessment work that has to come from a leader to do that. And I think the ones that will do that, wow, they, they, uh, they're the ones that have the best chance for success because they're already realizing they're flawed as well. And they know their strengths, but that also means there's some holes too, that yeah. someone else needs to help with. No question. No question. I feel that's, feel that's a lot of what our staff is, you know, from, from me to the staff, but also even within each offense and defensive staff room, you know, um, I think it's been built and designed and, and, you know, I, I feel it's also solid enough to where you lose one of those pieces at some point, you know, you can you can fill it in. It doesn't have to be the exact same personality. It will be a different element that uh, that next person would bring, you know, that uh, is a strength that that uh, they can add to the staff as well. Well, and the, the criteria, it just seems like as I listen to you, you're really clear on what you're looking for. And so hard work, I, I know just by this short time together, I know that's a, something really important to you. Expertise, yeah. I know is really important to you. Loyalty, I know is really important to you. Yeah. Building trust with players. And so, man, when the leader is that well defined of what they're looking for, it's easier when you're on the recruiting trail or you run into other coaches to know whether they're going to fit with you or not. And the ones that do, yeah, you keep track of them. You might coach with them. But when there's openings, that list becomes pretty small and pretty specific based on the criteria that you've already been uh, yeah. kind of resonate with you. Yeah. And it's, I think that's what I share. And, you know, even just yesterday, you know, there's a there's a coach, a friend of mine that may lose a coach, you know, uh, and um, I'm asking a, a friend or two some, some resources that I think, you know, just, hey, who do you know? You know, and then my question to them is like, OK does he fit this person, you know? Um, and it just, that's so important, you know, otherwise going to work isn't, isn't as enjoyable. And um, I think what I see is I've seen over many years is when you love going to work and it ain't work, right? It, it isn't work. And so um, when you love going to work every single day um, and, you know, you enjoy it, it's amazing how fast the day goes. It is amazing um, how many hours you're willing to put in. You got to have the support from home too, right? That's a big piece of it. But, you know, we accomplish so much. And that goes with our players too. And they love coming into the building and want to spend extra hours. And they, they just, hey, if I run into this coach, it's all good. You know, uh, we're going to have a great time. And they'll come up and into the offices and talk. And when they enjoy being around the facility, it's amazing what we can accomplish. And when you stack one day on top of another, I mean, the growth just goes in, in so many directions and it becomes so deep and so thick. I mean, it's just it's uh, it's amazing what your team looks like, um, whether it be in January, or February, but how much different it is when you get to August. And then even what it looks like, especially when you get to the end of the season in November and December. You know, I think our team from a just a, a standpoint of just um, belief and trust. Um, I mean, we were different in September than we were in in, in December. You know, and and a lot of it just had to do with, hey, we just keep building every single day and every moment is a growth moment and learning learning moment. Yeah, there, there's there's three components that, that you put together really well. There's there's loving what you do. And, and luckily, you love football, right? You love the schematics. You love the coaching. You love the leadership. There's so many parts I can hear that you love the, the how you do it. There's a relational part I'm listening to. Right. So here's what you're doing. Here's how you're doing it. And you're really clear on that. But then there's who you're doing it with. And sometimes those first two parts without the last part yeah. <laughs> diminishes or gets in the way of the other two parts. And yeah. and so when you get all three of those together, the what you do and if you love that and how you're doing it and then with whom, man, if all three of those boxes are checked, pretty cool to show up to work every day, even if you call it work. Right. To, yeah, to do that. And, and I think one element to us is just uh, our staff is. You know, I, I try not to, I mean, I want things done and we're talking about details and exactly that that type and of person you're looking for and specifics that way. But in the end, um, I'm trying to provide a plan and then not, but not trying to micromanage, you know, let them make it their own. You know, I was an offensive coordinator and called plays for 20 years, you know, never was at a game, I'd never called, you know, and how hard that is to turn oh, yeah. over, but knowing oh, yeah. that, I, I got to do this. This is a person I believe in. This is a staff I believe in. 
and you know let that happen because now you know what happens is hey that framework and the system is there but they're going to make it their own and if they're just waiting in a room waiting for you to walk in and say okay i saw this we're going to call this we're going to do this we're going to you know this is the game plan uh, just you know the the amount of uh, time they're going to put in and what that what that's going to look like um, isn't going to be the same and i just feel like our staff as a whole um, there's just so much ownership and um, you know they they know that their their input matters and their input's going to help us lead to wins and you know that i'm listening it might not mean that today you know we're going to do exactly what you just brought up but it's in the back of my mind and two weeks from now it might apply and you know we're going to use it at that time the the fulfillment in the work in the workforce there's been a lot of great research done and it talks about three things which you just you said a little bit differently but it ties to these when people are fulfilled in the workplace um they have autonomy mm -hmm. uh they uh, they have mastery, a chance to learn and grow, uh, and and what those two things already. What you just described is you're not micromanaging. You still are in charge and you're giving direction, but the autonomy is is a huge part of it. And the mastery that kind of happens when someone's given space to to learn and grow, right? And and become and there. And, and as you mentioned, because you're accountable for the results as the head coach. Yeah. And when I used to be a defensive coordinator and and when you turn that over and you're not the play caller, uh, but still accountable for the result. Yeah. Right. There's there's a friction point internally along the way where, yeah. where there, there's that's uh, there's a tough one. But uh, but necessary, I think, for the organization to uh, to move forward and and to become. And there's, it just is, uh, it's tough to do, but necessary, I think, as, as you've already found out. And when much like the, uh, the trust is established between player and coach or player, yeah, player and coach, coach to coach mm -hmm. is also right. head coach, the coordinator, coordinator to position, right? It kind of resonates through the whole, the whole thing. Um, so maybe, maybe as we close, uh, maybe big picture, if we step back just for a second, um, and you see the direction of college football and wow, you've been in a long time now and at different levels. And, and as you mentioned earlier on in our conversation as the environment's changing around and there's conference realignments and there's, um, we've talked about some other issues just from a sense of where, where do you see it going? Uh, and, and what do you think college football will look like in the near future? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, we're, we're all guessing at this time. <laughs> you, yeah, you saved the hardest question for last because uh, it's stuff that, again, I'm not in control of. But, um, you know, I, I really don't know, uh, you know, just uh, what, what it looks like. But um, you just got to be, I think, in today's age, you just got to be ready to evolve and, and change with it, you know, and make the most of it and really go back to what matters most. And that's, I think, all I can do. Um, you know, I definitely love this game, and um, it's gave me great lessons and over, over the years. Um, and so I, I want to continue to use the game to help impact. Um, I hope that we can, and I think we always can find those ways to do that, no matter what what the scope of the of uh, college football looks like. And so um, that's that matters to me, and I'm going to try to use uh, use the game that way to to help. Uh, you know help shape lives. But, um, you know, that's as far as what it looks like. I, I don't know, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's changing and, it, and, you know, it doesn't seem to seem to be stopping anytime soon. I think it's a, a fair and quite frankly, a realistic answer. And those that, that can predict or are predicting, they don't know either, but what we do know from the seat that you have and, and that I held and we're lucky enough to participate in the chance to impact young people through yeah. a really cool platform, and powerful platform of college football where you get motivated learners at stages of their lives that are, are so moldable and shapeable and willing to listen and want to be developed. And re to your point, regardless of what the rest looks like, if that point is held on to, um, then college football is preserved. Yeah. yeah. If, if the motive of that part goes away, uh, then it also doesn't really matter what the rest looks like. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I love the, the personalization, I think, of what you shared of, of the impact on young people through this really cool platform that we have. And, and the rest of it, 
is is going to be whatever the rest of it is. Uh, but if that personal um, belief and prioritization system goes away, what difference does it make what the rest of it looks like anyway, either? So, so I, I love the approach and just really, really appreciate the time we've had, even though we haven't known each other well. It's fun to watch from afar. And right, as coaches, you kind of pay attention to what others do and how they're doing it. And you look at the success and and grateful that you you um, just made some time for us and just continued success with with what you're doing. And, and it's just so much fun to learn from you and for others to have listened to you. So thanks so much. Well, well, that goes both ways. And I'm sure somewhere in there over this last hour, there's been something uh, that I said that I probably stole from something I read from you. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that was exactly because it might have been 15 years ago or 10 years ago. But uh, I think that's what it's all about. You know, it's just you find those people that and, and you, you hear them speak or you, you, you read articles and, and there's just pieces that, you know, um, that that's who you are. And uh, I know I've connected and just always associated you with kind of being someone who's in a line with, uh, you know, my beliefs and, and desires as far as how the game is and, and all that. And so ton of respect for you. And, uh, you know, you got, you got, you do a great job with this here too. So, <laughs> so just, just, just for transparency here, here's what I just took from you and right. I, I, I get it lined up. So I love to learn. Right. And, and, but the learning motive is not only because it feels good and it's fun, it's to help pass on to other people and especially young people. And so, man, when I get a chance to be with another learner, another young person is going to be helped. Right. Which is, it's really fun. And so thanks again for not only what you're do, doing, but how you're doing it. And, so, Brian, we'll, we'll head it over to you to, to close this out. Well, it, it was great to connect somebody who, who led the nation in, in passing with uh, an old linebacker like Bronco. You know, there are still those threads. <laughs> hey, so, here, hold on, hold on. So, it, it, I actually played safety. It might have looked like I played linebacker because I was so stiff and slow as a safety. So, I, I get where someone might think I was a linebacker. But in junior college, I actually played corner. Um, which, yeah, that's why they moved me to safety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to mention anything about your hands then. If, Thank if you're you very much. Defensive side of the ball. But, Thank uh, you very much. Kaylin, we, we appreciate it. You guys had a fantastic season up there on, on Mont Lake. Uh, best of luck, you know, moving forward. You, you guys definitely have raised that bar a little bit. And I know you are talking about that a little bit earlier uh, with, with your team, how they've raised it, raised the bar internally. But uh, uh, best of luck going forward. And, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate you jumping on here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, well, uh, for, for Kalen DeBoer and Bronco Mendenhall, I'm Brian Fisher. We'll catch you again next week here on Head Coach U.